0: Welcome to the Art of Dynamic Competence, I'm Susan Clark. Join me for a podcast where we explore how to best align ourselves with whatever situation we find ourselves in, allowing us to create success in changing times. Well, this has been an interesting two weeks. For those of you on Instagram, you may have seen that I spent this time in Jacksonville, Florida, and specifically at Atlantic Beach where my mother lives. My mother had been in the hospital, and two weeks ago, I flew out to help her recover at home for a few days. Well, two weeks later, I'm just returning back to home and putting this podcast together. The time there had been a transition for all of us in the family. As you've heard in her prior podcasts. I think it was episode seven, our mother is a brilliant thinker and problem solver. And she has spent most of her life working to be free of our worldly constraints, really our attachments to this false truth that we live in, what Will Roger talked about in an earlier podcast regarding who we think we are versus who we really are. When I first arrived in Florida, Mom had just gotten into her house. She lives in this lovely beach community with great resources as you age. Of course, we had much time on our hands as she recovered. We began talking about her recent rereading of Herman Hesse's Siddhartha and how it touched her even more deeply this time. I immediately began to reread it myself to understand where her head was, this place where she currently resided. Siddhartha is about giving up attachment, ultimately living at the service of others ferrying people across the river with great joy and great pleasure, and only answering questions when the ferrygoers were ready to listen. We had v- amazing conversations about this for a number of days, but then she began to feel excruciating pain. The doctors were incredibly confused, and all were working to help her to figure out what this was. And as we were coming and going from doctor's offices... I was on to the next pile of books, sitting under Siddhartha. I had found Satprin's book, titled Sri Aurobindo or The Adventure of Consciousness. I'd always seen that book, but never read it. In her greatest pain and discomfort, I was reading to her about the transcendence of suffering, much as Bethany Crawley talked about it in her Somatic Mindfulness podcast. As I was reading to her, I began to experience more deeply my own attachment to what has been, what is remembered, what I knew to be true, what my mother would call our mental maps. I could feel at a deeper level how these attachments were really the source of our suffering. I watched it moment to moment play out in front of me. And as this pain got worse and worse for my mother, she ended up deciding to go to the hospital. And for her, it was just in time. Her temporary stent they had put in had shifted. The bile ducts were now occluded. Fever had spiked. And the blood chemistry that she got was screaming that she was in the midst of a raging septic infection. She had surgery again and went to the ICU. And we kept talking. We talked about how we become attached to our own perceptions of success, how we are seen and how we are viewed, both by ourselves and others. And we also talked about what happens when that doesn't serve you well anymore. In her case, we talked about when you need to have more help, more assistance with everyday life. At the most elemental level, we were experiencing the call to dynamic competence. As we discussed in the last two summary episodes, episodes 14 and 15, we asked, how do we prepare ourselves for the next awareness or stage in our lives And in order to do that, how do we create and maintain that safe environment that's needed for this transition? And this time, I think as with every time, this time it was so obvious that the problem we each needed to identify and understand was inside of us, not outside of us. For me, it's almost as if that facet of the problem that was arising was glowing, and it was really this concept of attachment, when I would facilitate large stakeholder groups, the first thing we always had to do was wake people up to the fact that much of what they were attached to were their own maps, their own truths. And that would be what mom calls that level one or instinctive reactive perspective. These truths come from deep inside our unconscious. And when we are fearful or confused, this attachment to the maps can be all that we feel that we can hold onto. Even if these maps don't serve us well in our day-to-day world, we still cling to them. And as we would work with these groups to begin to understand each other's perspective, moving into what mom would call this level two or intentional collaborative perspectives. This work asks us to shift our attachment from our own truths to an attachment to working intentionally to understand how and what others believe to be true what my brother Tom calls shifting from content to process. Of course, there's a range of tools that can support this shift. In essence, you need to shift from arguing about content and facts, who has the correct information, who is right, and focus on how you are communicating. What are the potential rules of engagement are you using? Are they effective? What level of communication are you coming from? Is a level one perspective better than a level two? Would that get us where we want to go to? And what is the outcomes of our conversation? Are they the outcomes that we would like to achieve as we go into these discussions? All of these tools take us from an attachment to our truths, our content, to connecting to a process that serves the group's well-being, not just our own power or our own benefits. Or the minute you can get most of the people you're working with to shift their attachment to a collaborative process. The energy and tension shifts in the room in unbelievable ways. You become less focused on the past and different pathways in your brain feel like they opened up. So this week in the local Jacksonville newspaper, there was a front page article on critical race theory. And I saw this as an interesting example of the difference between arguing about content and intentionally focusing on a process. And I think all of us understand that critical race theory is really looking at what is law, what are the policies that we have, and how those relate to both past and current power structures. So it's a complex way of looking at things. But if you approach this controversy about critical race theory from a level one perspective, it's an argument that as the paper quoted, it teaches our kids to hate their country and hate each other That statement is a very much a level one statement. There's a truth that when you teach this, this is the result. And they went on further to say that anyone who teaches critical race theory needs to be policed, that this is a problem within our school system. What's true about this level one statement is that when teachers teach from their own level one perspective, They are also teaching their own truths. And as long as we all are fully attached to our own individual, instinctive, reactive maps without fully listening and gauging to others' perspectives, we will not be able to address the underlying issues. So then how does intentionally focusing on collaborative processes help us move beyond these level one instinctive reactive fights and conflicts? And the tools that we have to use really are taking us into process. And the best way we seem to do it is to pair up people with opposing views and ask each one to articulate the other's viewpoint. And you find very quickly, it's almost impossible to do it without adding judgmental and biased language. We all do it. I do it. When I sit with my brother, I do it all the time. And then you have to work at it. You have to own up to your own judgment and your own biases and simply look at each other and work through and express each other's opinion and ways that the other person is comfortable with. It is only and only when you can do that, that you begin to have the opportunity to move into a phase where you're beginning to explore the potential consequences of our perspectives on our culture, policies, and laws. And it's really important that we figure out how we can get to that place. And this is what we meant about identifying the problem and exploring solutions in episode 15, our last episode. Our conversation has to be highly intentional and we have to be consciously watching for our unconscious slips into our own beliefs and assumptions. This is the content that Tom talks about. And I'm really lucky that my brother is really capable about getting me to see those biases and judgments that I have in my language. To understand this, it's all about intentionally shifting our attachment from content to being attached to a process. But there's a rub to this process, this shifting, and someone is working from highly agitated level one instinctual reactive perspectives. They're feeling the rub, they're not feeling very comfortable, they can't even remotely understand intentional level two perspectives. These level two people look really shaky to a level one perspective. They're inconsistent, they're not to be trusted, their opinions shift and they don't meet the expectations of a level one perspective. And God forbid, if someone comes along with a level three perspective that's more integral, they're either considered to be magicians and full of crazy magical powers or a witch. So this takes us back to the article and the Jacksonville paper on critical race theory. And in it, they quoted several educators who talked about their classes were about exploring logic and perspective, and that students were taught to consider different personal opinions and backgrounds, even if they didn't agree with that viewpoint. The article goes on to provide a very logical statement from a teacher who said that as long as students have ideas based on fact and research and truth, everyone is always respected heard, and credited. Again, to a level one instinctive reactive perspective, this sounds like a fight. It doesn't sound like process to them because they are still fully in that instinctive reactional modality, that perspective that keeps them from seeing anything that's out of alignment with their maps. This is why the last two summary episodes focused on creating a safe environment so you're lowering the anxiety of someone who's in level one by being able to articulate their position and ways that they feel comfortable with. Again, it's about shifting our attachment to who we think we are and to what we believe is true. As I sat with my mother while she was recovering, I saw that for her, it's about shifting her attachment from her amazing mental capabilities to a focus on building relationships and balancing even deeper her mind, her vital energy, and her physical body as she begins to recover this time. For me, I realize that I'm really engaged in an exploration of what I'm attached to, what things that I believe to be true, and yet can be seen so differently. I was given a lovely gift as I was preparing to leave my mother's house. A box turtle was attempting to cross a road and had gotten stuck and was unable to climb over the curb because of his hard shell. I stopped and lifted him over and he ran off down into the woods along the side of the road. I thought about that turtle's tough outer shell. And how we all have these attachments that are important to us and that we carry around with us that keep us from traveling where we want to go. As we continue forward on these podcasts, we will explore more examples of dynamic competence. Whether we may like the content or not, we will be looking for the individual's preparation for and understanding of the challenges in front of them. I also think it'll be very interesting to look at it from this perspective of attachments. What are we attached to as we begin to explore our own dynamic competence? I also very much want to thank my sister Linda, who I think knows this material better than any of us at a very deep and profound way. And she is the one in Jacksonville who continues to give my mother the kind of care and thought that allows the rest of us to be able to do the work that we do where we are. And she deserves a very special thanks for all her generosity that she brings and her expression of dynamic competence. We want to share a heartfelt thanks for all who have joined us for this episode of The Art of Dynamic Competence. We're incredibly grateful that you shared some of your day with us. We know your time is precious, and we hope that we've been able to share some interesting perspectives and helped you gain some insight in how you've used dynamic competence before in your own life and how to find it in new things you're taking on. We've now launched our social media at The Art of Dynamic Competence or AODI Competence on Twitter, so please follow us on your favorite platform. In the meantime, and if you're intrigued with what you've heard, please subscribe to this podcast. And please tell colleagues, friends, and family about us. This is Susan Clark for The Art of Dynamic Competence. Thank you so much for listening.